granted, man. This ain't easy. We worked our ass off for this. Yep. And this is one heck of a team, baby. Yeah. Playing with this guy, practicing with this guy, he's a guy that can do it. And as a as a player, that you just wanna you just wanna play for him. You're listening to the Built in Buffalo podcast, exclusively on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. Here are your hosts, Adam Z and Dave Myers. The Built in Buffalo podcast is proudly brought to you by Total Sports Buffalo, the number one destination for all authentic, autographed Buffalo Bills memorabilia. You can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Total Sports Buffalo. Good afternoon or evening or morning, whenever and wherever you are listening, I just wanted to wish you a very warm welcome. This is the first, the very first episode of the Built in Buffalo podcast. My name is Adam Zintek, and I'm here today with the co-creator and founder of Built in Buffalo, Dave Myers. Dave, how are we doing today? Adam, I'm doing fantastic. We've been talking about this for a while and we are finally doing it, and I um, couldn't be more happy to do this with you, a guy that grinds out content for our Twitter page, a guy who's a diehard Bills fan, and I'm just pumped. I mean, this is something that we've been talking about, and it, it's happening. I mean, it, it's happening right now, so I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. Let's go. It's here. Now, we do have an exciting show for you all, but first, I, I just wanted to say thank you, Dave, to you. And to the entire Built in Buffalo family for allowing me to achieve a dream of mine, which is to partake in a podcast. Uh, This is something, like you mentioned, Dave, that's been in the works for a really long time. And I just feel incredibly blessed to be at a place where we can share our opinions with the best fan base in football. I'd also like to point out that I'm merely a fan. I'm no expert. And if I say anything you disagree with, let me know on Twitter. I would love to hear any and all feedback. So, Dave, since this is a new podcast, new beginnings, if you will, I just wanted to rewind a few weeks ago. So, on March 28th, our beloved Buffalo Bills announced a brand new $1.4 billion open-air stadium. Aside from the knowledge that there's going to be no more Austin Bills for at least 30 years, my favorite (laughs) soundbite came when Pagula Sports and Entertainment Executive Ron Rakuya made the announcement saying this is a great step, which was followed up with, we've still got more to do. With the announcement of the new stadium, I wanted to take it back a moment and discuss our favorite moments of the current Bills stadium. So Dave, with the many years of Bills history, what was your favorite moment of, of the Ralph, the Highmark, the new era, the war memorial? What, what was what some moments, top three that stick out to you? Oh, man. A lot of my childhood was spent um, on those cold bleacher seats. Uh, My family was fortunate enough to have season tickets. So I spent a lot of my um, younger years, you know, tailgating, even back then, we're talking about early 90s, uh, tailgating, you know, my family would go, we'd get there. um, And that was when the bills were really, 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 really good. I think the Super Bowl run for a lot of people that are my age um, when the Bills were really good is going to be, you know, I don't have one moment that sticks out. Um, I do recall, you know, going to the home opener 2019 
Um, Josh Allen's second year. Um, it was against the Bengals, and I had a really good time. It was there. There was some writing on the wall with Josh Allen, and you could see some of the stuff. And I, I have to say, for a lot of fans, seeing Josh Allen, excuse me, seeing Josh Allen in person is different than watching him on television. He's amazing on television. He's polarizing on television, but to see him in person do the things that he does um, is remarkable. So I'd have to say back in the early nineties, when I was young coming up first, you know, you know, growing into a young man, a young lad um, watching Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, Bruce Smith, all these guys and how good that team was in person was probably the most memorable moment for me. How about you? I love it. Uh, one of my favorite moments was one that was relatively unimportant uh, in the grand scheme of things. So so my favorite moment was actually from a preseason game. Uh, since I live in Arizona, I, I don't get to go to Bill's games often, but I make the trip out once a year so I can experience a Bill's game with my dad. Um, so I went the year that we played the Bengals in the preseason and the game just felt a little different. It was the year after we broke the drought. We had a fancy new Wyoming, Wyoming quarterback at the helm, Josh Allen. Uh, and I want to point out that some people thought that it was the wrong Josh. Um, but <laughs> it was just an amazing thing because we get to the stadium. There's all this excitement for us younger Bills fans who, who may be a little too young to experience the Jim Kelly era. And I remember Josh Allen dropped back on his very first play. Very first time I saw him in a Bills uniform in Buffalo. He drops back and he throws probably a 70-yard bomb out of bounds, completely and totally out of bounds, and this place erupts. Do you remember last uh, two years ago during COVID when Taron Johnson had that pick six against the Ravens? Yep. Oh, yeah. And the place – and you felt the electricity in amongst Bills fans even outside of the stadium. That stadium felt like that play, which was just crazy because it was a preseason. It's just there was a lot of hopes and dreams and expectations that us Bills, younger Bills fans had that we finally got a look at the future of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's insane to I'm, – I'm an old head, so it's – the drought was was tough. The drought was, you know, going through quarterbacks every year. And is this the guy? And is Fitzpatrick the guy? And is this the guy? And is Tyra Taylor the guy? And then we got Josh. And then everybody said it was the wrong Josh or it was the wrong guy, period. And now just where this team has come in just a short period of time. And he's just – Josh Allen is just full of electricity. And I, I don't want to get too fanboyish on, on Josh, but it's to finally have that peace. And to be able to, you know, think every year that this really could be the year that the Bills win the Super Bowl. So it's exciting. It's exciting times. Yeah. Exciting times. It's it is unreal. I, I think an, another one of my my favorite moments probably was was Josh Allen's performance during COVID against the Seahawks. Um, and it was a lot of what happened after, right? So just to know what he was wearing on his shoulders during that game with the loss of his grandmother and how the community banded together after that game with the donations was, was something I'll never forget. It's just, it's in those moments that you realize the bills are, are much bigger than football to Buffalo and bills mafia. It, it's more than a fan base about getting plastered and going through tables, but rather it's, it's one of the most giving and loving and united families in all of football. Now we, we could sit here all day and talk about our favorite moments, but regarding the new stadium, the Bills are on fire right now, and I wanted to bring up we've still got more to do. Uh, 
So the Buffalo Bills have have surely exceeded expectations in recent years, minus the heartbreaking defeat to the Chiefs last year, which I still can't bring myself to watch. (laughs) With their monumental climb to the top of football in a world where Josh Allen is the favorite for MVP and the Bills are Super Bowl favorites, do you think the Bills' success was a major reason in the Bills renewing their lease and getting a new stadium deal done? If, say, we were in year 21 of consecutive seasons without a playoff berth, do you think that there would still be a new stadium coming to Buffalo? I think it's something that's not being talked about a lot. I think that the Pagulas know what they have right now. And, you know, the old saying is strike while the iron is hot. Um, Now, this city, this fan base has always supported this team ups and downs, 17-year drought, you know, endless head coaches, endless players coming and going. This team has always supported – or these, these fans have always supported this team, regardless of wins and losses. It's a way of life, like you said. Um, Bills fans are a different breed. Um, and it's it's got to be noted. It has to be noted. And we were talking about this before we – you know, before we came on um, – you know, it has to be a little part of a little part of it. Like the Pagulas are smart business owners. Now, t- talk about the Sabers all you want, and, and about how they've handled you know their front office and, and the roster and, and that stuff. But they absolutely nailed it on the head when they hired Sean McDermott and they hired Brandon Bean, and those two guys have single handedly they've turned this organization into a constant perennial, you know, Super Bowl contender. And that had to be some part of a little bit of easing in the $1.4 billion stadium of which is going to be paid by a lot of it's going to be paid for by the taxpayers. Um, I do think it had something to do with it. I don't think it's a, it was a huge, you know, deciding factor, um, but it made it a little bit easier to swallow. I think as a bills fan, especially if there's bills fans um, listening to this, that live in Buffalo, you know, to, to look at that new stadium in Orchard Park, which I believe is the right place for it. You have the land, you have the space, you can have the tailgates, um, all that stuff. Um, there's people that depend on the bills every year um, for revenue for whatever businesses that they have, hotels, you know, local businesses, things like that. So um, for them to strike while the iron is hot, I think absolutely made sense. And I think that it has something to do with it. I think there's a little role um in that you know hey let's do this now um let's sign this see if we can get this team locked in now as we all know it was a 30-year deal right the bills are locked in for 30 years i'm not saying the bills are going to be good for 30 years but at least the very 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 foreseeable future of the bills are going to be good um as long as josh Jones under the helm sean mcdermott's the coach and brandon beans the gm i think this team's going to be good so I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that it had something to do with it? Do you think it's just they would have tried to get it done anyways? Um, Because they've been talking about a stadium for, you know, it seems like a a few years now, you know, it was whether is it going to be a dome is going to be an open air stadium. Um, And I think that maybe it got pushed a little harder since the bills are, you know, ascending the NFL ladder, like you said previous. So I don't know. What do you think? I honestly think the Bills were never going anywhere. I mean, for a city <laughs> and a team that survived four straight Super Bowl losses and 
years of mediocrity, the Bills were never leaving. Sure, don't get me wrong. When Bon Jovi showed up to town and tried to ship us <laughs> off to Toronto, and then the Pagulas threatened to move us to Austin, I was a little nervous. But it's just, this is more than a football team. I mean, the Bills are the lifeblood of Buffalo, the pulse, if you will. There isn't a world where the Buffalo Bills are playing football anywhere other than Buffalo. I, I do think that success may have pushed the hand to get a new stadium deal done sooner rather than later. And I think the Pagulas were wise to float the idea of relocation. I mean, collectively, Bills Mafia lost their minds. It may have only been for a day <laughs> or a week, but when Austin Bills was trending, I, I live in Arizona, and I had people at work, knowing I'm a big Bills fan, messing with me. Are you still going to love the team when they're in Austin? Are you going to be a Bills fan when they're in Austin? <laughs> but the Bills were never going to leave Super Bowl, or never going to leave Buffalo, sorry, even if we hadn't been on this monumental climb towards a Super Bowl. Now, you brought up a good fact, and it was another kind of conversation within the Bills community. One, I, I like that you think it should stay in Orchard Park, but what's the downside of not having it in downtown Buffalo? And what's the downside of having an elite offense that moves the ball well with Josh Allen, with Stephon Diggs, with the resurgence of Devin Singletary towards the second half of last year, with the tight end Dawson Knox, who just catches touchdowns left and right, with Jamison Crowder? What, what's the downside of happening, having this open-air stadium to battle the elements in Buffalo? <sighs> I mean, we saw what Josh Allen did in the cold against the Patriots, right? He was unstoppable. Perfect performance, something that will probably be never duplicated. Um, you know, the Bills didn't punt that entire game. The only time that they didn't score a touchdown was when they downed the ball to end the game. <clears throat> so you look back at <clears throat> the earlier meeting in the year with the Patriots, where it was windy, um, you know, it was rainy. There was all kinds of elements that weren't just cold because I think the cold you can play through. I mean, it's just once you get heated up, once you get going and once Josh got going, it was like he didn't he didn't look back. So the Patriots actually had the right formula. You know, they just ran the ball and the Bills couldn't stop it. Um, so my only thing with having an open air stadium is that it's Buffalo. Well, it's Orchard Park. Um, you're going to get snow. You're going to get rain. And we saw what happened when the Bills have played some really tough opponents in the last two years when there's been some weather. Even the game against the Ravens in the playoffs last year, um, you know, the, Josh Allen's deep ball was fluttering all over the place. Lamar Jackson's deep ball was fluttering all over the place. You know, it was a low-scoring defensive game. And, you know, the Bills are built right now to beat you on defense and beat you on offense. So I think that, you know, when Brandon Bean drafted Josh Allen, it was like the third thing he said about why they drafted him. You know, other than he's a big boy, he's athletic, he has huge upside, he can play in weather. So we'll have to see. I mean, not that there's a quarterback in the NFL that can go out there in a snowstorm and just light it up. It just doesn't work that way. So, you know, if there's a few games throughout the year that it's snowy or rainy, they're going to have to have the best head coach on the field that day to come up with a game plan with these players that this team has to beat the opposition. So, you know, were we out coached against the Patriots when they ran the ball? What was it? 46 times. <clears throat> Maybe we were. Um, 
but the weather did play a little part of that game where, you know, the Bills couldn't get the passing attack going and they didn't have a steady running attack at that time. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that like people say, don't build a dome because, you know, it's football. It's meant to be played outside. It's Buffalo, you know, back in the nineties, the Bills used that. Um, that was a mantra, like come to Buffalo. You can't play here. You know, this is what we live for. This is how we practice. This is how we play. This is how we prepare for games in this weather. And everybody remembers the AFC championship game against the Raiders. It was snowing sideways and the Bills lit them up. I think it was 52-17, I believe was the score. But I don't know. It's something that they're going to have to work through. I think Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, are, they're, they're growing together. This team is growing together. It's got a young core. And I think each year they're going to get better and they're going to have to figure out how to face this. Now we're talking for, you know, three, four years down the road when the stadium's actually going to be complete. So they're going to have time to get used to playing in weather. And that's the path that the Bulls have taken. There's no changing it. It's already, you know, it's going to happen. So we'll have to see what happens. I completely agree. And, and my only concern is maybe in 10 years from now when Josh Allen might have lost a step or maybe like uh, Peyton Manning's last season when uh, he had a little bit of a noodle arm trying to battle those wings, maybe we're not seeing the most dominant performance from Josh Allen. But right now, I, I don't think a hurricane can stop him throwing the football. So I think we're we're more than okay with battling the elements. Now, with a new Guyane Stadium on the way, we've had some even more exciting news after that. So we've re-signed Stefan Diggs. We got away with highway robbery with the re-signing of Isaiah McKenzie. We bolstered our O-line with the addition of Roger Saffold. And we went nuclear with the signing of Von Miller, among others. Dave, in your eyes, what's the sleeper free agent signing, re-signing from the bill? While the world is focused on Von Miller, what other signing or re-signing stood out to the most? Uh, what importance does that person bring to this roster? Well, I have two. So I think one of the most underrated under the radar signings and a couple reasons why first when it happened and second people don't think that this person can be utilized um to his full potential in the nfl so that's oj howard he got signed minutes after vaughn miller did so it kind of went under the radar because everybody was losing their ever-loving minds over the $120 million that everybody thought that Vaughn Miller was getting when, you know, they didn't actually look at the, the actual contract. Um, so everybody lost their mind, right? And then everybody was like, well, we do need a number two tight end, but is he going to want targets that we're going to be giving to Dawson Knox? Now, to me, this is perfect for a guy like O.J. Howard. Coming off of an injury a couple seasons ago, he's buried – on that offense in Tampa, they have all the wide receivers. You know, they have a great offense. They run the ball, they pass, they do everything. And I think that he's going to help the Bills create some red zone mismatches. Because if you line up two tight end sets with him and Dawson Knox, that's going to create a mismatch for somebody. Um, because you already have Stefan Diggs, who's warranting coverage. Um, you already have Gabriel Davis, who's going to be warranting coverage. You're going to have Jamison Crowder in the slot, who's going to be warranting coverage. Um, and then you always have Josh Allen in the red zone. So I think that he's going to have – I don't want to say he's going to have a breakout year, but I think he's going to, number one, give a boost to the second tight end position on the Bills because, let's let's face it, Tommy Sweeney is not 
comparable to O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard's a former first-round draft pick. You know, I think he's an athletic freak. He's a big guy. He's going to help the Bills in run blocking. And I absolutely think that he gives the Bills a, a presence because Dawson Knox, let's face it, there's tape on Dawson Knox now. He, he didn't just have, you know, an average season. He had nine touchdowns last year. Um, he broke out last year. And his drops came down. His blocking improved. You know, he became one of Josh's favorite targets. Um, he can stretch the field. We saw a lot of Josh Allen throwing the ball, even with contested catches. And I think you get that with O.J. Howard. You get in the red, the red zone and you have two guys you can go to on top of, you know, the wide receivers that they have and things like that. So um, to me, that's the number one under the radar signing um, or sleeper pickup. And number two, I kind of spoke on him is Jamison Crowder. I think Jameson Crowder was kind of buried on a, a, a Jets team that had inconsistent quarterback play. He had a rookie quarterback last year. Before that, he had Sam Darnold. They had some injuries at the quarterback position. Um, I think that as as a replacement for Cole Beasley, Jameson Crowder gives you the yak yards that the Bills didn't have last year. Because we all know Cole Beasley, when he would get the ball, yes, he'd get first downs, but he would almost immediately go down. He'd dive, he'd slide, get out of bounds. Um, he was sure-handed and he was reliable, but I think a lot of people aren't talking about Jamison Crowder and how he can help even more progression for Josh Allen because he's a guy who doesn't drop passes. He does have a little bit of an injury history, so hopefully he can stay healthy, but he's very reliable and he will get you the yak yards. And he's, he's torched the bills a few times. If anybody wants to go back and watch film from a couple seasons ago, he had a hundred yard game against the bills. And, he was one of those guys that passed over the middle, caught a lot of yards after the catch. And the Bills were last in the NFL last year in yards after the catch, which is unbelievable considering how good of a season Josh Allen had. So those two guys, I think if you add those in, everybody's talking about wide receiver in the draft. We need either first or second round. Um, I still think we should pick one up, but I, I think that we're going to be okay um, if we don't get one until later. Um, in the draft because of how the draft falls and, and how Brandon Bean's board falls and things like that. So those two guys for me are sleepers. What about you? What do you got? So I was actually going to agree with you on the Jamison Crowder pickup. I think with Cole Beasley leaving, that was a very underrated signing. I mean, when we re-sign Isaiah McKenzie, when we sign Von Miller, uh, when we win the Ryan Bates sweepstakes, when we get Roger Saffold, um, the Jamison Crowder one really stuck out to me. And, and you nailed it on the head. I mean, he was uh, dealing with Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold. I mean, Jamison Crowder in 2019 had 78 catches for 833 yards and six touchdowns. Last season, Cole Beasley had 82 receptions. So, I mean, you give that kind of productivity to Jamison Crowder in the slot, and I think he's going to be a real game changer for the Bills. Um, another one, now I, I absolutely love Devin Singletary, and I'm just trying to pick kind of obscure choices here. So I really liked the Duke Johnson pickup. Um, when we lost uh, J.D. McKissick, that whole nonsense with him deciding to go back to Washington, a pass catching back really is is what stood out to me. Now, we have Josh Allen, who, who you can argue, and you're not going to be looked at twice in a strange way by saying we have the best quarterback in football. Anytime you get that man any kind of weapon, that's lights out. And I think Duke Johnson is a very comparable and very competitive 
third down, third and long, pass catching back with Jamison Crowder really, really helping out the offense as well. And and you said it as well, um, OJ Howard. I mean, the dude was a phenom at Alabama and just didn't quite make it as a pro yet. Um, but if, if Josh Allen has proved one thing in his small career so far with John Brown, with Cole Beasley, uh, with Zay Jones, with Calvin Benjamin, it's every receiver and every offensive weapon that comes into this system and works with Josh Allen has career years under Josh Allen. So any offensive weapon that joins our system, I'm just getting the popcorn ready and and just so excited for the year to start. Yeah. So and, I know, I know Dave. Oh, sorry. You can go. No, that's good. Um, the thing about OJ Howard is a lot of people were talking about Dawson Knox and a lot of people were ready to give up on Dawson Knox. Um, after the first two years that he had the dropsies, you know, he in college didn't, he, he was just buried behind a lot of really good wide receivers. He wasn't used a lot. He's new to the position. He was a quarterback in high school. Um, and a lot of people were ready to give up on him. And I feel like that same kind of mantra is OJ Howard. Um, he yes. even said yes. in, in his, in his introductory press conference that this is like a new, a new beginning for him. It's like, and no, no pun intended. There's the show title, new beginning. Um, this is like a new beginning for him. He's ready for a fresh start. Um, he felt like he wasn't utilized um, to his full potential in Tampa, which may or may not be the case. I mean, time will tell. Right. But like you said, players, I, I think we're getting to the point and we're going to talk about Josh in a little bit, but I think we're getting to the point where, Josh is going to help um, players that come to play for the Bills um, progress and grow and exceed expectations. I think that's who Josh Allen is becoming right now. I completely agree. And and new beginnings and players being the best version of themselves, you can almost look up and down the roster and see different examples of that, right? Jordan Poyer when he left Cleveland, Micah Hyde with Green Bay. You have Dawson Knox coming out of college. Heck, you got Josh Allen who sent how many letters to different schools, played at JUCO, went to Wyoming. This whole team is just predicated off of other people didn't believe in me. I'm going to show them why I'm the man and why we're going to win this game. It's just it really is amazing stories across the entire board. And even Levi Wallace, I'm, I'm sad to see him go to Pittsburgh, but I mean, he walked on in Alabama was an undrafted player and he did well for us. This whole team is built on that kind of caliber player. And, and what we were seeing in the division for years and years is anytime a free agent would come about, we would look at them and say, that's a Patriot player, right? Just the type of player that they were, we're like that player. We can see them as a new England Patriot. Now, with the rise of the Buffalo Bills and what they've built and what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and Josh Allen and the whole team and staff has built, is you can see a player like Roger Saffold, like O.J. Howard, when they're a free agent, you're like, that's a Buffalo Bill. That looks like a Buffalo Bill. That type of player is someone who, is, who would succeed in this system. So it's just really great to be at a place where we have a championship caliber team and we're building a culture of success with these players. I I couldn't agree more. And, and you talk about Roger Saffold. He was just in the Pro Bowl last year. So dude's a monster. Yeah, I mean, he's he was one of the most excited guys that I've seen sign a contract from any of the 32 NFL teams in free agency. And he didn't sign a massive deal. He signed a one-year deal, but he knows that he's coming to a team that everything I've seen for the last two weeks. Everybody's predicting the Bills should be the Super Bowl favorite. In Vegas, they're the odds-on favorite. All the, the, the power rankings, they're the odds-on favorite. And what's nice is that we have 
a Pro Bowl left side of our offensive line with Deion Dawkins and Roger Saffold. So protect the house. You don't want to you don't want to buy a car and have the worst insurance, a really nice car and have really bad insurance. If you have a really nice car, you should probably get really nice insurance. And I think that's what the Bills did, not only by getting Roger Saffold, but by giving Ryan Bates, who absolutely deserved a four-year contract, his contract. So that's my thoughts on that. I completely agree. But I do have to say Tim Settle was probably the most excited. His press conference was my favorite. <laughs> Woo! Okay, ra- wrapping up the whole thing, <clears throat> I just wanted one last point. So Josh Allen and expectations for next season. We know the opponents. We got basically the team aside from the draft coming up. What do you want to see from this team to compete next year? Is there anything left to prove aside from winning a championship? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, <clears throat> I want to see that last year, everybody's talking about, and, and you cut me off if I rant too much, because everybody's talking about who was the best team in the NFL last year. And a lot of these, these you know, media personalities are saying it was the Buffalo Bills. When the Buffalo Bills were on their game, they were the best team in football, <clears throat> hands down. I mean, you look at how many times the Bills just blew out their opponents. And I think their average... Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. So that's my thing. We can't... If this team is going to be a perennial powerhouse, a perennial Super Bowl contender, AFC contender, not just AFC East, but frontrunner in the AFC, they can't have those moments Indianapolis Colts where they just ran all over the bills. They can't have the games, Tennessee, where they, they look like they were in control lost late. You know, they had a chance at the end Jacksonville where they scored six points. There was a couple other games in there where they struggled and they should have beaten um, those teams. Because if you're a bills fan and you look at the schedule, when it comes out, you're like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's, that might be a loss. That might be a loss. Now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's on the schedule because I'm confident that this team can beat anybody. So I think what there is left to prove is more consistency, not just with the players and execution, but with the coaching staff. I'm talking about in-game decisions. I'm talking about, you know, starting a half a certain way, finishing a drive a certain way, going forward on fourth down, like some things that were, have been in question um, since Sean McDermott's been here and I'm not questioning Sean McDermott's coaching ability because I think he's he will be absolutely the best head coach that this this organization has had um, when it's all said and done I just think that he's still learning so we need to I, I think we need to dial dial it back a little bit um, when we kind of you know we get on coach McDermott about some decisions he makes because this is his first head coaching gig we have to still realize yes he's going into year six but he's still learning you know Andy Reid was to how many championship games before he actually won. So, you know, I think for me, I think if Josh Allen has the same season he had last year, I think this team goes to the Super Bowl. If Josh Allen plays the way he did in the playoffs, this team's not going to lose a game. But realistically, I think what I would like to see is this team to put together four quarters every game. Now, am I asking for a lot? Absolutely. But we can't have the lulls in the schedule. We're beating teams by 40 and then we're losing to Jacksonville. Like we can't have the ups and the downs constantly throughout, you know, throughout the schedule. And I think 
if they come out of the gate hot, I think it's going to be a tough year for any NFL team that plays the Buffalo Bills. And that's that that's basically the, the easiest way I can say it, because the last two seasons they've come out kind of sluggish. Um, so if they come out hot, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun to watch because I think that they can put it together this year. I completely agree. And I mean, for me, expectations are premeditated resentment. So it, it's difficult to have such high expectations. I mean, for my whole life, I was clamoring Super Bowl or bust, Super Bowl or bust through Tyrod, through Fitzpatrick, through Kyle Orton, through Jeff Tool. It was always Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. But now that we're there, it, it's just this this kind of different monster. And and I think the big thing that I, I have expectations for next season are just for the Bills to remember where they came from, for these players to remember their 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 beginnings of this game, for for the Bills to keep that chip on their shoulder. Um, they still have a lot to prove. And, and while they are um, the Super Bowl favorites and Josh Allen's the MVP, we haven't won anything yet. And, and I know that the team knows that. And I know that they're hungry, but there's not going to be many years where we have a roster this capable, this ready to win right in front of us. And and I know that winning a Super Bowl is hard. It, it, it's not an easy thing. And and I just want one, man. I just, I just want one. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think next season, um, having the number one record in the AFC, not not falling asleep to other teams, maybe having a little bit tighter of a defense. Uh, there's a lot of expectations I have. I, I want to see how the continuity is with Josh Allen and his new OC, Ken Dorsey. Um, but overall, I just I just want to see what the Bills did this year and, and continue it on next season. I mean, we had that game against Kansas City where we were 13 seconds away from hosting the AFC championship game, and it was ripped from our hearts. Um, it seems like every year there's another there's another meme or another image of Stefan Diggs on the sideline getting ready for next season. Redemption, redemption, redemption. I just want us to win the whole damn thing. I'm sick of this redemption. Like, let's go and get it. We have Von Miller. We have a stout offense. We have a great defense when Trey White's back. My expectations are for them to win the whole thing. Um, at the end of the day, I do know that it's difficult to do that, but those are my my honest and true expectations. I think that the Bills can win the Super Bowl next year. And I'm very selfish in that the Super Bowl is going to be in Phoenix. So I'm, I'm really, really hoping they're here so I can maybe uh, find a way to sneak into the game. <laughs> and you know what? And one final note. Um, so Jordan Palmer, who was working with Josh Allen, like he does every offseason, a couple uh, last week, I believe it was. Um, I, I think he was on the Rich Eisen show, if, if memory serves me correctly. He was asked about what happened to Josh Allen in the playoffs, like he was possessed. Um, and Jordan Palmer said, we all know he was good, right? And Jordan Palmer has come out and said he thinks that Josh Allen will be one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played the game as far as his physical traits, the way the way he carries it as a leader, you know, on and on and on and on. But I guess he, him and, and Josh were talking about what changed, you know, from last year in the playoffs to this year. And he said, everything just slowed down. There was no noise. It was just me and whatever I wanted to do. And if that's a determining factor for what's going to happen this year, on top of the fact that he's probably pissed off and he holds that anger like he has his entire career playing football, he's always, you know, he considers himself the underdog and counted out. We're in for a special season. And let's not forget, this is the number one defense in the NFL last year, and they just got Vaughn Miller, Tim Settle, 
you know, the draft hasn't even happened yet. So it's going to be fun. I can't wait. And I think this two is of, year two of Boogie Basham, year two of Greg Rousseau, AJ Epineza's in there. It's, it's going to be fun, man. Now, and, and one, I know that we covered, nugget, I know. One little nugget too is everybody's talking about how we need a cornerback. I do think we need to add a cornerback to this roster, but PFF put something out today that caught my eye and we even retweeted it on our, our Twitter page, Dane Jackson and Tredavious White were number two and number three in total snaps played without giving up a touchdown. I'm not saying Dane Jackson can come in and I'm not saying Dane Jackson can come in and replace Levi Wallace and Tredavious White while he's recovering, but I'm just saying the Bills n- noticed that stuff too. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott noticed that stuff too, so they may not be as pressing on a cornerback as the rest of us are for them to go trade up and go get one in the first round, go get a sauce gardener, or, you know, I'm not saying they're not going to take one in the first or second round, but I'm just saying they look at this stuff too. They watch these guys every day in practice. They watch every snap they play during games. So that's all, that's all I'm saying. I'm just going to throw that out there. I love it. I love it. Dave, I know that we covered a lot. Is there anything else you want to let the people know before we go? No, I'm just, this is, this is our adventure. This is our, our podcast, man. I'm, I'm, I'm Maverick or you're Maverick and I'm goose or you're goose. And we're, we're flying, we're flying free, man. This was fun. And I can't wait for us to get rolling. Um, the draft is when you guys listen to this, it'll be two day or two weeks out. Um, and we're just getting started. Um, I appreciate everybody that listens to all of our podcasts on our network. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. We have a podcast every day. Some, some we have two every day uh, or there's days that we have two. So check us all out, all of our social media. Um, Adam runs our Twitter page and does an amazing job. We have a ton of content creators and I just can't wait for this season to get going. Cause I think it's going to be special. But, and again, I just really want to thank you all for tuning in to the very first episode of the Built in Buffalo podcast. Do your best to be your best. If not, there's always tomorrow. Uh, God bless and go Bills.